Pints and Fights Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Hal and there's Danielle and there's guy Mike Eagle is there as well. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and How many tights would a tights and fights fight if a tights and fights could fight tights? What? How many tights could a tights and fights fight if a tights and fights could tight fights? What? I <laughs> fucked it up the second time. I bro, knew it. Bro, bro, bro. You know, I was going to do Edge's music <laughs> to celebrate a coming because I, that, well, it's my return as well. Yes. Nobody thought I would ever be back. <laughs> I know, but I'm here. Everybody thought you died several times over. You yeah. Were, I was explaining to them that you were recovering from multiple <laughs> spine surgeries. And That's right. We were going to let you in through the mist when you came through this way. They didn't know, and I showed up with a gray beard, <laughs> odd tone, like yeah. just a very toned body. Yeah. In an odd way, and the gas is hella is hella great as <laughs> over the course of nine years. Unreal. No, 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 all all real. And neutral solutions only for for our friend Adam Copeland. That's right. Anyway, welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm the world's largest love machine, Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by my fellow member of the Nation of Conversation, the Julie End of Days, Julian Burrell. All the Danielle Radford fans just throw their phones <laughs> into the river right now. <laughs> <laughs> It's just us. Oh my gosh, it's the boys' night here. You know, I was getting really tired of how horny this show was getting with Danielle <laughs> and Lindsay, so, so I shut that shit down immediately. That's right. You know, um, yeah. For anybody wondering, Danielle had a last-minute stuff. She's got a lot of things going on with the Oscars. Lindsay, I'm not sure where Lindsay is, but Lindsay she's... and I are not speaking. We refuse to be in the same place at the same time. <laughs> you know, it was like a whole thing. We've been trying to like juggle these very, very delicate yeah. situations, but you know, so uh, we're doing what we got to do to make sure that the show happens, and that means that I'm here. So. The hope is that next week we're at full strength, which means three of us in here, but also you pitching in yes. on the outside. And it's you and I always, God. you know, uh, uh, when I show up early, when I'm the first one there, you and I wind up talking about it all anyway. Yeah, yeah. it's a, That's a hell of a show. That should be like the AEW dark version of Titan Fights, where it's just <laughs> things that are extra but not quite necessary. That's right. But, you know, out, but they're out there. Now, I wasn't here last week, but I want to talk a little bit about the Royal Rumble because sure. I spent the 900 hours to watch it. <laughs> and, and darn it, I, I just... Mm. Uh, uh, first of all, Daniel Bryan and the Fiend strap Fantastic. match Every, was great. Daniel Bryan, for some reason, just he really must get into these like underdog matches where he has to fight a monster. Like it's this is like up there with like the Brock match in terms of like the stories that he likes telling with himself. Like yeah, it was the best Fiend match by far. Like Bray Wyatt, for sure. I'd have to like think back and see those other matches, but as the Fiend, I thought this was his most effective. Not just I'm going to stand over twenty finishers and come out stronger for it. This was a really really effective story that they told in the end. It was really good. Yeah, D- Daniel Bryan, one of his great talents as we all know, is making people. Mm-hmm. And he helped make The Fiend in the ring. Yeah. We all love the character. Mm-hmm. He's already super over. It makes sense that he has the championship. But also, you, you want to see the idea that maybe he could be beat at some point so right. that whoever does it, right. and I don't think Brian was the right guy for the job right. from a character standpoint, that it seems plausible. It doesn't come out of nowhere of like, well, this guy beat the invincible dude. Right. Just all of a sudden, he... He can yeah. feel pain. Yeah, he lost to one Roman Reigns spear after taking like 30 curb stomps. That, that's, that, that just can't work. Whether they decide to take the title off of him at WrestleMania or not, we'll see. But I think that they've shown ways that you can kind of get around 
like uh, the invincibility of the fiend and kind of like get that title off of him eventually. Yeah. I also want to shout out the Becky Oscar match. Very good. Which was which was great. And also in the aftermath of it, I was very pleased that Becky's kind of doubled down on her cockiness. I really like that. I've heard yeah. some people say that they think that this could be setting her up to lose big at WrestleMania, but personally I'm okay with her just being cocky. Like a lot of great champions have been cocky and they've just been because they were that good and they were winners. Like we don't need to like tell the story of overly confident, cocky downfall Becky yet. I think that we're good with just seeing her do great stuff right now personally. And cause like she, that was a really great Oscar match. I think that might've been yeah. one of the, like the first really good long singles Oscar matches in almost a year now. Cause she's been tied up with the Kabuki warriors and stuff. But. Since she beat, yeah, Becky since Lynch. she beat Becky and uh, seeing Asuka and Kyrie, they get to keep cheating and they get to keep like getting frustrated and killing people whenever they get frustrated. <laughs> I think that's a lot of fun. I think it's a great, I think they're, everybody's no worse off for that loss or that win. Absolutely. The women's rumble was fine. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, what did you think about it? Because last week, Lindsay and Danielle were both extremely high on it. I liked it. But I was kind of just like, this just seems sort of like a standard rumble to me. I loved the first two so much. Mm-hmm. And this one, in a way, you have to judge them each on their own. Right. But it's also impossible not to compare them to the ones that came yes. before. And there's been so few of them so far. So, yeah. This one was, it was fine. It had it had high moments. It had low moments. Yeah. Naomi coming back was great. Naomi uh, coming back was great. NXT, what a fucking showing. I mean, I think the NXT made up more than the SmackDown and the Raw women Great showing for the brand across the whole thing. What bothered me the most, and I I didn't realize Charlotte hadn't won yet, but I guess it makes sense because Becky sure, won the year before. Yeah. And Asuka the year before and that. And Asuka won the year before that. So yeah. it was maybe Charlotte's turn. Yeah. Just from a yeah. standpoint of Vince loves Charlotte and she's very deserving and super yeah. talented. Yeah. I really wanted Shayna Baszler to win. Yeah, it did seem kind of like Shayna was kind of set up to win because it was like the blast, like, oh, wait, she's going to be in this kind of like inclusion. And then it just kind of didn't go anywhere. It was just like, oh, like, I mean, they teased it a little bit at the end, but then it was just kind of like, oh, and Shayna didn't show up to kind of address the situation, which I thought she was going to. I thought she would like maybe call out. Becky, which they're still, we got months before Mania, so maybe that's coming. But I still just thought it was a little puzzling to me that they would bring her out just to kind of tease the win for one, for one place versus maybe ring her in at 20. The first half of it, I was like, I'm really not sure who's going to win this. I'm like, I, I, who are they going to pull the trigger on? And then Charlotte came out. I'm like, oh, right. Okay. Charlotte's going to win this. And that kind of, to me, was just like, okay, I don't mind Charlotte. I Charlotte always puts on good matches. She always does good character work. She cuts good promos. I can't really ask for too much more. It's just, okay, like Charlotte, Charlotte's going to win. It was like the element of like, oh, what's going to happen was gone. Yeah. So. I didn't think it was bad. I thought it was fine. Yeah, exactly. That's where I'm at. And, it, you know, the, the last couple of years, the Women's Rumble and Men's Rumble were both exceptional. Right. And this year, I think I've been pretty clear about how I feel about mm. the way Brock Lesnar is booked. Yeah. Not with him personally. I think he's mm-hmm. super talented. Mm-hmm. I get it. He might not be my cup of tea, mm-hmm. but I have a real problem with the way he's booked and how that affects the main roster. Yeah. That being said, I think this might be my favorite Royal Rumble ever from a story perspective, followed mm-hmm. closely by Shawn Michaels entering himself at number one to try to mm-hmm. get at The Undertaker. Right. That whole story, like the yeah. continuing story. But this was 
for the first half. Mm-hmm. His dominance. Yeah. And then fun little sub stories. The Shelton Benjamin was great. Yeah, little hope spots. Yeah, little yeah. hope spots. Yeah. The the entire New Day Rey Mysterio segment yeah. was perfect where they yeah. got to like vent on him. Right, right, right. But ultimately were taken out and none of them were gonna win. Yes. And then Drew McIntyre gets made. Mm-hmm. And you believe that he could beat Brock Lesnar. Yes. Then he goes on to win the Royal Rumble. Just a great story all around. Yeah. Obviously, the biggest moment that I was completely shocked by was seeing Edge return. <laughs> yeah. Even though there'd been rumblings about it. Yeah. Just to yeah. see him. You never know until you know, right? And yeah. And it's just like, I, we've gotten you know blue-balled by a lot of other things <laughs> that we think are going to happen, and they just don't. Yeah. But this was kind of cool that we were like, maybe, or maybe, maybe. And then, you know, this it was like this big like moment of, oh, thank God, it's really true. I really enjoyed this rumble. You know me. Don't care for the Rumble in general. Yes. Think that the concept has been kind of lost in the last few years. In fact, here's a stat for you. Since 2007, this was the fourth time that the winner of the Royal Rumble was not a former world champion. So, okay. So this was like, of, like this is a rare example of them saying, you know what? It's time for this person to kind of get the get a little bit of a push, and we'll send them to Mania, and we'll build a, build a story for them at the biggest show. So I, I really appreciate that. I think that they need to start doing more with Drew as we go into the real true final few weeks before Mania. Yeah. Because I'm kind of get I don't really like him just coming out and Claymore kicking people in the face and then just like doing like one, two, three, and then just hitting. I get that they're trying to like. You don't like the the squash matches like the one. Yeah, you it's just kind of like it just feels a little standard and it feels a little like where's like where's the heat here? Where how are we gonna like? Where's the real friction of this story aside from Drew really wants to beat Brock? So, but but honestly, and I, I heard some people say that they didn't like that Brock was just throwing people out of the ring. And to me, don't get me wrong, I like Keith Lee more than I like Brock. I like Kofi more than I like Brock. I get all that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm bigger fans of those guys as wrestlers than I am with Brock. But the thing is, Brock is the top champion right now. Yeah, Being a top champion means that there's a hierarchy established. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind them enforcing that hierarchy because they're not saying he could beat all these people and pin them in five seconds. They're saying he's big and strong enough that he can throw them over the top rope as fast as he can. And I don't think that that's an unreasonable story to be told. Yeah. And, you know, later that week, they were all off doing cool stuff afterwards, like Keith Lee's still North American champion. Mm-hmm. Matt Riddle went off and kept, even though he wasn't thrown out by Brock, but he won that Dusty Rhodes Classic. Yep. You know, Kofi's and, and Big E are still champions. Like, all those, I don't really feel like anybody other than maybe... Shelton Benjamin, who, what was he doing? It's, it was really like, oh my gosh, this person was just ruined by Brock Lesnar throwing them out. I, I just don't really vibe with that. So. I don't I don't even think Shelton Benjamin was ruined by it. Sure, yeah. Shelton knows his role, I think. He knows where he's and at right now moment. in his career. Yeah. I, I love the acknowledgement of right. the history they have together. Right. Like, they literally came through yeah. from college through to WWE together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Which is not something that's ever really talked about. Mm-hmm. And, and they used it well. Really, the just just the storytelling of it, yeah, was so good. The Keith Lee moment of yeah. Brock being like, like, whoa, <laughs> oh, who's big this boy. big dude? Wow, and <laughs> then them fighting <laughs> Keith Lee. You got almost these little tastes of what it might be like if they face one another. Right, the crowd's always going to be into the spectacle of two big guys standing in front of each other and staring each other in the yes. face and sweating. Yeah, once the action's there, what is the, like? Mm-hmm. Give us a little taste of what the chemistry looks like. Yes, definitely, I agree. But Edge looked great. The storyline with him and Randy Orton together, him yeah. eliminating Randy Orton before Randy Orton can eliminate him. Yeah, I liked where the Orton AJ Styles feud was going. I understand mm-hmm. AJ Styles is now injured. 
that seemed like a really weird situation because AJ could barely finish the match. It looked like that they wanted to get him out of there as quick as possible. So, but I'm excited for an Orton and Edge WrestleMania yes. match. Yeah, I he looked like he yeah. like he has not been out of a ring. Like he mm-hmm. has been wrestling this whole time. Yeah. Like I think that keeping Edge off of TV and like that whole beatdown last week was a good way to do it. Yeah, we got to see Edge get his shit in. We got to see the crowd cheer for him. He got to give the speech coming back, and then it's like kind of straight into stories from there. Yeah, I understand people just don't if they they don't care for Randy. I don't really care for Randy either. Who does? You know, whatever. <laughs> Let him have this match with somebody who he has history with. I don't think that rated RKO was that big of a deal. If I'm maybe I'm forgetting, but I didn't. It was really... a pretty. They were pretty big tag I remember, team. Yeah, I remember they feuded with DX a lot. Yeah. I was to be fair, I was a kid at the time, so like yeah, yeah, they were they were a bigger deal than you remember. Yes. I was in third grade as opposed to seventh grade, which I'm in right now. So it was just like you know, as, as things changed. Randy Orton's one of those guys, regardless of what we think of him as a human being, and there's plenty of that in wrestling. Yeah, plenty of despicable characters. Yeah when they're not on TV yeah. or questionable things. But mm. the work he does in the ring is yeah. is at worst solid yeah. and at best great storytelling. Yeah. There's a reason Vince puts up with, like, this, like <laughs> if Randy Orton wasn't so good at being a wrestler, nobody would put up with any of his bullshit. Like, That's true. Just knowing how low Vince McMahon's moral bar is, it's like, he's like, well, you know, he didn't key my car. He didn't shit in my bag on the way to work today, so let's just let him on in. So it yeah. is what it is. I'm in for the story. Totally. Uh, Ruby Riot made her return yeah. on Raw as well, attacking yeah. Liv Morgan. Yeah. Uh, I feel funny because I'm like, I know everybody's been waiting for what the boys think about the women's <laughs> yeah, roster. Really. On Ronda, but, yeah, I've, I missed Ruby a lot. I think... The heel turn, kind of what we've seen a lot of, you know, turning on your friends and all that stuff. Yeah. But I do think it's not unfounded in this case because the live that was in the Riot Squad was very, very different from the live that we've gotten the last month that she's been on TV, wrapped up in the whole Lana story, which they've kind of just shoved off into the bin off to the side so yep. we'll see what the promos are maybe this is me reading too much into it but it kind of makes sense for her to be like you're not the person who was my friend a year ago yeah like it's i've been on the shelf for a year and you have completely changed into a different human being so and plus i just like having like a feud already at the ready we didn't need to have like you know her come out and cut a promo about being back or something she just came in did her thing everybody remembered her and then we can go off and do whatever we want now so i like that yeah i want to keep talking about the women because naomi made her return yes and she will be challenging Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted. Great to see her back. Yes. I think Bailey's heel turn has kind of stagnated without having a good solid baby face to go against because Lacey Evans, I'm sorry, I don't care about Lacey Evans. Don't care about her hats. Don't care about her kid. I don't want to insult the kid because I think that's a little mean. The kid's just out there trying to watch her mom wrestle. But it's like yeah. I just don't care about Lacey Evans, the mom going out there and just like trying to tell me to like she wants to be a role model i just don't don't care don't care at all yeah i like you kind of get the sense that naomi and characters like naomi and baby faces that i've generally kind of gotten down with they're not doing it as like a big like we're gonna do this together and i'm gonna prove it to all these people that you can be a good person a champion they kind of know who they are and are just like like the crowd is on board with them as a result of who, just who they are and they yeah. naturally feed feed into it. And Naomi is just so much more entertaining as like 
just a character that you can put against Bailey. It's like what happens when we mix these two elements together and see what and see where they go from there. I think that this is going to be really good. Naomi looks like like I forgot I forget how smooth she is in the ring because yeah, when I watched her in the Rumble, great. I was like, wow, she's not just spectacle like doing jokey moves. She can really really work out there. So great to see her back. Like I said last week, she has had a hell of a year. Yeah. Um. So it's really nice to see her kind of be able to get back to work. And everybody seems so happy to have her back. If wrestling Twitter's any indication. Yeah, she's she's super talented. She's good on the mic. And like you said, Bailey had been kind of stagnating for mm-hmm. me as well. Mm-hmm. I love the initial turn. Yes. I like what's there. But at a certain point, you have to have a signature feud. Right. There has to be either either you're running roughshod over everybody, which they weren't really having her do. Mm-hmm. So it was just she was just sort of when she was in a match, either be a huge bully, yes. be like the Undisputed Era stalking Tomasa Ciampa backstage right. and right, right, right. beating up and torturing everybody, mm-hmm. or have one person who is a super sympathetic babyface that's super over to to help counter you. And they don't really have that. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. part of the, like, it feels like that's that's a sorely lacking part of the development. Yes. Of... And I will I'll put the blame of that squarely on the, uh, the current head booker of SmackDown. Bruce Pritchard? Yes, because Bruce Pritchard, people who don't know, Bruce Pritchard has gone on record several times over saying that he does not, like he's not a huge fan of women's wrestling when he was in charge of TNA, the women's division, which over there is called the knockouts division. Yeah. So many people quit after getting, after their characters were just went nowhere for the longest time. So, and I've noticed some things where we see like short tag matches matches and that kind of and run-ins before matches can get going and just little things like that just make me feel like he doesn't understand what the appeal of the division is because as far as talent goes I know Sasha we don't know what's going on if she's injured or something but I think you can have a really compelling division with like Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross and Bailey and Naomi and I'll even like I think that there is a role for like Lacey Evans and like all those people they can find something for them to do it's just kind of if they're just giving them tag matches and stuff like, and when was the last time we heard Alexa Bliss talk? That used to be the biggest thing with her was that she was a great talker and they just haven't had her cutting promos and stuff. And it's just kind of, it's just disappointing. I really, there's more to mine here and I really want them to get down with it already. When you have a full toy box Mm -hmm. and it's full of really nice toys Mm -hmm. that work well, then it's your fault. Mm Mm-hmm. If you're not having a good yeah. time, <laughs> you just want that to is go a through. terrible. Now I was like, oh, I have a great analogy. <laughs> I am the worst at analogies in the entire world. If you ever hear me say that's like, just cut me off, just stop me there. Just like, it oh, won't I'm go a, anywhere. I'm gonna play with my GI Joes over here. But... I'm just crawling deeper into it into a dumpster, and I will never find my way out. Just trying to and compare these. You're other stuck things. in the toy box. How? How? Come out of the toy box. You're stuck. I did. I was in therapy. This is months ago. Uh, I was talking to my therapist and I made an analogy. I was like, I'm really bad at analogies. And even she was like, yeah. <laughs> there wasn't even a moment there of like, hey, you can get better. It was just like, yeah, that's not, that made no sense. What I don't understand. I don't understand what you're trying to communicate to me right now. It doesn't make any damn sense. Did she give you an analogy like right afterwards? Just like, see, that's how it's supposed to no, be. No, she doesn't rub it. She's not an asshole. <laughs> she was just honest. That's it. When I was a kid, my therapist was an asshole. He played a board game about feelings. And then he went, I had to lose a turn card. He went, you lose a turn, you lose a turn. I think he was trying to egg me on. But I was more like, You're hurting my feelings right now. Why do you care about this? Sorry, my friend. This game is dumb. It's barely any fun. He's like, draw a picture of me making fun of you. Yeah, what's the next game? We're going to do the multiplication tables? Jeez. Anyway, he wore a wig. He had no problems. Uh... So Charlotte wins the Women's Rumble, mm-hmm. and Rhea Ripley 
comes out and, and asks her to challenge for the NXT title. Then yes. this week, she shows up on NXT. Mm-hmm. But Bianca Belair, I think, took center stage. And you don't even go here. And you think you just gonna run through me and take over Portland, but girl, uh uh-uh. So at WrestleMania, it's gonna be you, and it's gonna be me, because I'm the EST of NXT, and you can't whoop me. But I really like that they're kind of saying that the NXT women, well, not really because they've removed the women's championship branding and are just calling it the NXT championship now. I like the idea that they're mixing them together and trying to show that it's a prize worth coveting, that anybody can go after it on any given week. I also like Bianca Belair. I'm not positive that they're going to go triple threat or go one-on-one. If nothing else, it's like a sink or swim moment for Bianca Belair, right? It's like, well, if you... like. Like, go out there and captivate the audience and prove that you deserve to be in this mix and in the championship mix, like, right now. If they do decide to essentially treat NXT TakeOver Portland as kind of like a that weird roadblock to the WrestleMania that they do sometimes where it's like a match that isn't totally consequential and going to change the card. Yeah. At least this is like a chance for her to like get in there and cut some promos against Charlotte and kind of get her character a little bit more over than just being extremely athletic because she can, she's a great talker. Oh my great God. persona. Like, wow. Yes. Like it was not easy to dominate the attention, especially when Charlotte's whole role is shut up. The grownups are talking and she's not having any of it. Like yeah. Bianca like held her own and made sure that she was still standing out. So it was great. It was a really, really great, great moment. Yeah. I loved it. I want to talk through a couple quick items. Mm. I'm going to say something that happened. Okay. You're going to tell me if it's important enough to say. You know, I'm not going to ask. You don't have to offer yeah, commentary this on all be of interesting. this. <laughs> We're just going to go through it. I'm just going to say a thing. Okay. And then, and then if we make it through, yeah. when we make it through, <laughs> we'll take a break. Sure. I have an analogy about that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ricochet facing Brock Lesnar. At the next uh, blood show that nobody's going to watch. Not going to watch it, but I don't think that there's anything wrong with Ricochet getting this match even if he loses. Sure. I don't think losing isn't a death knell for somebody, especially when it's in a title match. I think it's fine. Yeah. Angel Garza, now working with Zelina Vega in El El Idolo's injury absence. Yes. How do you feel about the pair? Wellness violation absence. Uh, I like, Uh I I did not give a shit about Angel Garza before this, so I think that that's kind of cool. Like, I thought Garza was just kind of a dude. I think that him being Carrillo's uh, cousin, or... Was it his, I think it was yeah. his cousin. Yeah, it was, it was a good touch because that makes me care a little bit more about both of them. Kind of also makes it so that all these people have like a relationship that's beyond we're coworkers. So yeah. I like all that kind of stuff. Zelina as a manager slash valet slash business Partner, associate yeah. cannot do any wrong in my eyes so Agreed. far. And hell, maybe when Andrade comes back, maybe we've got uh, the makings of a good tag team, too, that can kind of take I had the too. same thought. Yeah. Wouldn't they be a great team? Yeah, it would be a lot of fun. Uh, Angel Garza, I mean, he's marrying the 12th most uh, <laughs> important love of his yeah, life. Then he can get the tag titles, and this will be like the 10th most important thing. Wait, right after that. that fiance just keeps getting <laughs> He's just going to keep getting, yeah. He's like, sorry, I was really hungry, so <laughs> that meal at Denny's became my fifth love. You know, I have a rotating hierarchy. I'm just like, you know, if you actually, I've, I've shared a Google Doc with you where you can see your hierarchy on any given moment just yeah. of what you are. <laughs> Follow the, where are you trending this week? It's Angel Garza's top 10. <laughs> uh, finally, Braun Strowman 
wins his first gold, and he got very emotional about it. <laughs> he won the IC title. Did he cry? Did he share I think he did big, cry. Big monster tears. Yeah. yeah. He uh, cried rivers. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fine. It's I, I wish this happened a year ago. When he was hot? Yeah. And I wish, I mean... I guess it's a chance to maybe get Sammy away from Shinsuke because I like Shinsuke on his own. I like Sammy on his own. And I don't know what Cesaro's doing with them. It doesn't seem like they have any true plans for them because I don't know. I just, it's fine, whatever. Braun won a title, which seems very overdue, but it just feels like. In case you're wondering, right before you were saying that was the moment I remembered that Shinsuke had been the <laughs> IC title champion for, I think, 12 years. Oh my God. If you've got any thoughts on what we've discussed so far, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram via the links in our show notes. Julian and I, we're going to be back in just a second to talk about more wrestling news, including AEW. Dubs. That's up next on Tights and Fights. I listen to reading glasses because Bria and Mallory have great tips. My suggestion for book festivals is just go for one day. I listen for the author interviews. I was a huge Goosebumps fan. Oh, yes. <laughs> R.L. Stein was totally my jam. I don't even read. I just like their chemistry together. Literally, if on the bag it said, like, this book made me shit my pants, I'd be like, that's, I'm buying this book. Yeah. Like, like, I think the problem with blurbs a lot of times. I like that we both want to crap ourselves <laughs> over books. I'm Bria Grant. And I'm Mallory O'Mara. We're Reading Glasses, and we solve all your bookish problems. Every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin. I'm joined today by... Which character should I be? I'll just be me. Julian Burrell. <laughs> Do you have, like, stable characters I haven't yeah, met yet? Yeah, I'm just all of... I'm, like, I'm... If anybody was wondering, I usually am Lindsay, you know. Like, oh, that's true. Let's talk about cats. Oh, sorry, I get They're, my voice oh, a yeah, little no, bit confused. Yeah. You haven't uh, done your warm-up, so it doesn't sound Yeah, exactly. you know, I have to find my voice every morning before I wake up because I, I'm just everybody at once. Just occurs to me, you and I are in here. I haven't even asked you what are you benching right now because I haven't seen you. This is like three-week absence. Can't tell. Well, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm... <laughs> I mean, it's, I don't think it's a number I can count to. I just want to hear it and see if I can comprehend it. I haven't gotten a chance to work out, man. been wow. moving so much. In 20... Oh, that's I'm right. You're moving. So done. Are you moving, moving closer? to here? No. That'll be next year. You're moving further away. You're moving yeah, same place. Moving same exact place. Almost okay. like with two minutes away from where I'm at now. So next year, hopefully I'm moving to like over that hill to Pasadena. 30 minutes oh, thirty minutes from where I'm at to to closer to LA makes a big difference for the, all of y'all who are not in California. Yeah. It's a big difference. Traffic. Heard of it? Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's get into Wednesday night's wrestling and what happened from NXT that we enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I, I did not care particularly for the Broserweight thing. I like the golf oh, yeah. cart. I mean, I like yeah, them yeah, together. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing, there was nothing in that opening promo segment that really did it for me, but mm-hmm. Undisputed Era's hunting of Tommaso Ciampa, which I yes. referenced earlier, was great. Yeah. Roderick Strong shaving the dude's head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that other big dude who I, I'm sure is somebody I'm supposed to know who he is, yeah. but I could Got not tell. Got a knee right to the face. Got a knee to the face. Yeah, I like, um, this is one thing NXT does very well, is that they're very good at having a thread go throughout the entire show that's not like, we're going to announce a match and then we're just going to keep building it. That's fine, like a lot of the times, but they're yeah. very good about like establishing at the very beginning. Undisputed Era is looking for Tommaso Ciampa, and now they're going to go do it. And then we're going to see clips of it throughout this whole show to kind of keep it moving forward. We're going to see them backstage talking to people and like beating people up and being jerks, so that it's cool when Ciampa and everybody else. And I do think the one 
the thing that kind of played into it with that opening segment is that we got to reestablish Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle's relationship and their their desire to go after the tag team championships. So yeah. then that plays into later on when they start when they all come out and join the brawl versus them True. just kind of doing it out of nowhere. So it, at least it served a function in that way. I like the Finn Balor Johnny Gargano split screen interview more yeah. than I thought I would, mm-hmm. and it had some highs and lows. Mm-hmm. But the way it ended was great. That's the Finn Balor I need to beat. That's NXT Finn Balor. That's not Raw and SmackDown Finn Balor. No. That's not the guy that lost to Bobby Lashley like 17 weeks in a row on Monday Night Raw. No, that's not him. He's a that guy shows up to Portland. I swear to God, I am going to eat him alive. You're going to wish that guy showed up in Portland. But that guy's dead long time ago. I ain't here to have match of the year. I'm here to have match of your life. The last match of your life. You make all the threats you want. You can point your fingers and make mean faces. But in Portland, you better be ready. Because I'm going to take that NXT flag you left behind, the flag I wave proudly, and I'm going to drive it straight through your heart. And I don't miss. Johnny, I don't have a heart. So I yeah. can't really complain about it. Right. And I liked them bringing up Finn's history. Yes. Of like losing of to Bobby like, Lashley dude, for eight like, years. Yeah, main like it, it's like let's just be honest about it. Main roster Finn was like at best good, but it never seemed like it never seemed like what Vince McMahon wanted from Finn was vibing with what the audience wanted from Finn. And because right. of that, you got a whole like just a whole lot of middling things. They tried to compromise, like Vince tried to compromise what he wanted, and then the audience was like, "Well, at least Finn's on TV." And then it just <laughs> and we just got you know. We, I'm glad that we get to see Finn essentially be a killer. But not the demon. You know, I don't think he, I can't imagine him pulling out the demon during this, in, as this iteration of Finn Balor, honestly. He doesn't need it. Yeah. And I think. Guess what? He never did. That's his true journey. <laughs> I will have, I, I was the last standout, guys, and I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm glad it's gone. I'm, I'm sorry to say, it hurts to say. Oh, it's seasons. He's yeah. in a new season of his career. And yes. this one's better than the one before. Yes. So much fun. I liked Casey Catanzaro. Mm hmm. Looked really good. Yes. Mercedes Martinez going over was the right choice, but she she got enough in for you to understand sort of where she's going to come from. And I'd love to see, I was thinking it would be great to see her develop toughness as she goes to the point where she, she's going to, when you're, when you're a smaller wrestler, you're always going to get your ass kicked and kick out a lot. Right. So her building that resiliency, I think is a Mm -hmm. great way to go for her. And she showed it in that match. Great seller. Really great seller. Really great seller. And, and, you know, she's got like kind of that Rey Mysterio syndrome where anytime somebody beats up on her, it's going to come across as bullying because she's so much smaller than everybody else. Yeah. It's really good to see her kind of like, you know, you see her like she sells the pain really well and like looks like right into the, like gets her face in the camera a lot of the times. And I liked Mercedes Martinez really being being a confident veteran I don't know how many like confident veterans we get where they just immediately come in and like this is mine for the taking I've been doing this forever like yeah showcases the depth of of the NXT division honestly that they have a feud that's essentially I guess considered bottom of the card but still has compelling characters in it and has people on trajectories so yeah they each have a story mm-hmm. they each have a story going in even if it's not a story that they have together mm-hmm. they, they're furthered going through it they helped each other mm-hmm. establish some more character yeah and then wherever they go next is fine. They yeah. don't have to keep wrestling each other, yeah. and it's great. Totally. Dominic Dijakovic beat Killian Dane to become the number one contender for the North American title. The match was fine. Yeah. But I like the the vibe of this, that he and Keith Lee have fought each other so much. Yeah. And then teamed together at War Games. 
this idea of like I'm gonna shake your hand mm-hmm. and wrestle. But there is a little something. Did you pick up a little something mm-hmm. in Keith Lee that made it feel like oh he could turn heel with this belt? Ooh, that'd be that'd be a lot of fun. Like, just get a little smug. Yeah, gives that big daddy energy of just being like, man, I'm still your champion. I don't <laughs> call know if- me your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's the guy for this, but I would love to see. A heel that cheats, but then apologize earnestly apologizes each time afterwards. Mm-hmm. So the first couple times, yeah. and they have to be an overface first, right, right, right. So the first couple times, you're like, all right, mm-hmm. at least they admitted that they did it, and that's yeah. not who they want to be. Sure. And yeah. then eventually, it just, you know, yeah. you're the you're the wrestler who cried wolf. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. That was a little bit of like what Jericho did in WCW when he would like like freak out and like just like be like I am so sorry that is not the way I want to do things and then it just slowly just like the audience wasn't having any of his bullshit anymore so they fully turned yeah I think it, it would be a great like de- design we'll see what happens with with Keith Lee because he's older and he's had a lot of years on his career but I'm hoping for like a Batista run where like even though he comes in at an older age than most people do he still like wrestles in a way that protects his body and kind of like keeps people excited to see him and has the right persona to like get it over in the right way so yeah, yeah. he's he's special mm-hmm. and so is Dijakovic I'm a big fan of both mm-hmm. I want to talk briefly about Angel Garza who beat Isaiah Swerve Scott in his uh, path to reseeking the cruiserweight title wish that Zelina was with him yeah um, it was weird that she wasn't yeah. I wish that that I wish they did kept selling that kind of would have been a good way to like keep the thread of Raw to NXT going for like that. That's a hell of a travel schedule they are building up because wherever Raw was to going, wherever that snowstorm was, having to go back to Florida for all that. So it's, but yeah. I thought Angel Garza's run as Cruiserweight Champion wasn't great. I thought he just kind of won the belt, established his list of hierarchies, and then just kind of left. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we didn't get to see a ton of who he was and what kind of champion he was going to be. Yes. But now at least he's developing the character. Yeah. See, that's the issue. Sometimes you put a belt on a guy who is super talented. Talented. Yes, great, great in the ring, no great problem. Great worker, in the ring, yeah. and but we don't know who he is yet. Yeah. so we appreciate the yeah. few matches we've seen yeah. him in, but we haven't had a chance to really get used to him as a character yeah. yet. Now he's got a character. Yeah. Seeing that guy with the belt, yes, I'm intensely interested in. Yes, especially because I really like Devlin as the as the oh cruiserweight champion. I really like him. I I would really. I they played around a few times with like Finn. And him being him being like Finn's like uh, you know protege. like protege, yeah. I would really like if they did like a rule of two Sith thing where like Finn kind of like like takes him under his wing and they're not necessarily a tag team, but he's like he's gonna be Finn's boy as they say in New Japan where he's yeah. like you're gonna he's like you're gonna follow me, I'm gonna lead you on the path to success. What, young boys, that what they're called? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like and like that's like whenever you know like I would just I would really I think that that could be interesting. But if they keep them separate, that would also work. But now that they're both heels, I think that there's a lot of material to mine there. So yeah, we'll see. He and Tyler Breeze had the match of the night. Yes, it was a pay per view quality match. Yeah, watching it and thinking. I remember Tyler Breeze main eventing for NXT yeah, years ago yeah. when Sami Zayn uh, was challenging for the title and, and um, um, Neville was, Neville was the champion. And uh, even, what's his name, uh, Natty's husband. Uh, Tyson Kidd. Tyson Kidd, yeah. yeah they Tyson were in like, four way, they yeah, were like fatal yeah. four ways together. Yeah. And they were great matches. And he's so he's so talented. Mm-hmm. Another like great Canadian wrestler who can yes. who can do it all. Yeah. Did I tell you that one time I was at a, a podcast convention and somebody found out I was a wrestling fan? They're like, you know, I went to high school with a guy who was who said he wanted to be a wrestler, and he like had like his trampoline and his ring set up in the back, 
he said he's not going to go to college because he just wants to travel around and he wants to be a wrestler. I was like, oh yeah, who is that? He's like, I don't know if you've heard of him. Like he was, uh, he's a guy named Tyler Breeze. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my, I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to show you. I pulled up like some fashion police, like uh, uh, vignettes that they'd done and everything. He's like, wow, he still looks exactly the same. He just got bigger. I'm like, oh, well, that's great. I'm, sure, I'm like, I'll, t- I'll have to DM him that at some point and he'll just block me right afterwards. But still. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> but just so, I, I would love to see them wrestle again. And one part I really loved was when the match first got started was Tyler goes up and does his little, his like sit on the ring thing with the phone and everything. And then Devlin just came by and I baseball slick kicked him in the back. You know, it's fantastic. so smart. Yeah. It's so smart. Yeah. Devlin's an established asshole. Why wouldn't you take that chance? Like They also talk about, so he tried to do the, the uh, whatever his thing is called, the side devil, side suplex the, his oh, version yeah. where he pulls him in. Right, 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 right. I can't finisher. remember what it's called either, yeah. And uh, and Tyler Breeze blocked it. Mm-hmm. It was like well scouted. Mm-hmm. And that got me thinking, here's another great idea. Somebody mm-hmm. can use this. <laughs> Somebody who's such a good scout mm-hmm. that they counter every, like they have no offense of their own. Yeah. They just counter every single thing <laughs> the other like person the, does. The they, ultimate they, analytics wrestler. Exactly. <laughs> like, just, Give me the got... sabermetrics wrestler. <laughs> They've got like their uh, their computer at the ring. It's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I need to run the simulations before yeah. we start this match. It's kind of what Dave, Dana Brooke did when she was a statistician, but oh, somebody yeah. who scout like fully, like I know every single one of your moves. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I see you start it, I'm going to counter it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That, I will beat you with counter offense yeah, or you're... counter or defense. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm a big fighting game fan. Love um, uh, Evo scene and like the professional fighting game tournaments and stuff. Yeah. The best way, statistically speaking, to play those games is to play defensively. So it would be nice to see them kind of. There you go. Maybe maybe Xavier will like pitch that to somebody. You know how much he he loves to play video games. That's right. He knows how that works. So Austin, get it done. Yeah. All right. Let's move to AEW. Here we go. You know, I got to say, before you get into specifics, when I saw this, like, when I watched the show, yeah. I realized, like, oh, y'all aren't into the blood and gut stuff. This is going to be hell on earth for you guys to get through this All show. All right, let's start with the fucking eye, <laughs> putting a key in somebody's goddamn eye, and, and went after he'd had the spike put in his eye. All Old Testament style, man. What is this, like, Star Wars, everybody's got to have their hand cut off shit. <laughs> I don't need to see a bunch of pirates running around wrestling each other and, like, tape, like, it just, like... It's so bad. It could just be like, uh, have you ever seen that episode of Futurama where they're like, look, I'm Lita. Look at me. I'm double Lita. And then one of the kids just runs right into the wall. So eventually you'll have yeah. like Chris Jericho running around with two eye patches trying to figure out how to get in the ring. Two eye patches, nose tape, <laughs> a jaw, jaw wired shut. Yeah. I just, I can't, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't do it for me. I'll tell you what else. I love Britt Baker as a heel. Mm-hmm. Very smart, and I love how they did it. It's like they heard what everybody was saying. Mm-hmm. Who who was a who was critical? Who was a fan but critical? Yeah, I consider myself someone I enjoy what they do, mm-hmm. but I I wanted a little more character, and they're they're starting to do that. So I want to give them props. Yeah, they are I, trying. I want to throw that out yeah. there. Yuka Sakazaki returns. Yes, it's her first time since like, like Double or yeah, Nothing since or something. A while ago, since their early shows. Yeah, Britt Baker beats her. And then takes her tooth out. Yeah. For real. Yeah. For real, her tooth is out. And it's on the mat. (laughs) And they show the fucking tooth. And you just got JR. Boy, let's let's get off this. We don't need to show this. Get off this. Yeah. That's you know what, JR? You're right. Good job. (laughs) No, we know nobody needed that. Yeah. I I think that to me, what the problem I have with Britt Baker, and when I say problem, I don't mean like she shouldn't be in this position or whatever, but it's like the issue that I'd like to see her work on. 
Uh, first of all, the promos last week was very good. I yes. liked the lines that I don't know if she was workshopping those lines in the back or she yeah. was like bouncing. I'm going to put it up. over so we'll, people will hear if you haven't yes, heard it. Yeah, I liked that. Yeah, this week it kind of fell a little bit into the problem that I had with the boat promo the week before the last one. So mm-hmm. two weeks ago in that whenever she's talking, she you can tell she's kind of buying time to search for, like, when's, like when are the words going to come to me? She's, to like, remember, saying, yeah. like, come on, guys, come on, guys, guys, no, come on, come on. Like, she's just kind of saying that, trying to, like, and, I, and I'm not trying to be, like, mean or anything because yeah. I know that this isn't, this isn't easy, especially because Britt is not somebody who had a ton of, like, indie dates and was like had time to learn all of this in front of smaller crowds before she got thrown onto television and stuff we're watching her develop yes exactly and that's not easy like even nxt people generally don't have to deal with getting as much as they have like they have classes yes like they they don't have to deal with all this crap so it's i know that this isn't hard but it's like Mm -hmm. that's one of the things that's kind of like where i'm like but and also the disconnect for me with the tooth thing is that I never saw Brit as somebody who was vicious and evil enough to like rip somebody's mouth apart like that. And maybe they're trying to establish that, but she was just kind of like talking about how hot she is and like how she's better than like how she wants to like how she's angry at the state of the division because Riho's never around. And that seemed to me more compelling than like, I'm a fucking maniac and I'm going to rip your tooth apart. Like if Nyla Rose did that, that would be like, okay, that kind of makes sense. But with Britt Baker doing it, I'm just like, I don't. Like, is this really who she is? Is she a vicious, like, tooth She's porn? Isaac Yankum's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great if they could if they could somehow share the canon somehow in the in the wrestling cinematic universe. It just happened. Yeah. We did it. The WCU has been changed forever. <laughs> you think you're the only one that pulls teeth? <laughs> Don't worry. We got a time-traveling episode coming up that'll fix all this and go right back to yeah. status quo soon enough. <laughs> I'd like to talk to you about the Dentist Avengers in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, I, I love everybody's this. a dentist. Yeah, everybody's a dentist. <laughs> if you didn't know, if you didn't know, now you know. Even Norman Smiley, it's in his name. There he is. Yeah, it's just all these all these alternate versions of everybody wearing like uh like little headlamps to the yeah. ring and like wearing white robes as they go in there. <laughs> now spit. <laughs> I want to talk about the story of Adam Hangman Page, mm-hmm. who has become one of the most compelling characters. Yes, on television, complete one eighty in my mind. I was so bored by his by him. Just just being a cowboy. It's, it's the love. white meat baby face of yeah. like, oh, here's the sound of horses. We know he's coming yeah, now. Yeah. He's going to come out of a duster. Is it the four horsemen? No. Is it? It's Adam Page. And he's very talented in the ring. No, There was no doubting that. Now mm. we're getting this streak where where Kenny, he's sort of forcing Kenny Omega into the middle of himself and the Young Bucks. Yes. Now the Young Bucks are accusing him of being an alcoholic. But <laughs> yeah. that's his problem. Like, now yes. we know why. They take the beer away from him backstage. Right. A plus. A plus, A plus, A plus. Whenever they do alcoholic stuff in wrestling, it's always like like somebody being an asshole about somebody else drinking. So it's like Samoa Joe making fun of Jeff Hardy drinking or CM Punk or right. Jericho trying to tell CM Punk that he's drinking all the time. This is like, no, dude, you got a real problem. Like, yeah. I, I've never seen it done this way where he's le- legitimately just going out and drinking his way to the ring every time. Yeah. And, you know, he's just very, like, disillusioned with, like, the pursuit of the elite and everything. I, I really like that stuff. I think, it, like, they're not, like, beating you over the head with it or anything. It's just, like all happening as you see it in the ring and stuff. It's really good. Really, really good. It's a very special episode of AEW. <laughs> yeah. Like, Adam, we're worried about you, man. Yeah. Your, your brothers and I love you very much. <laughs> I want to devote time to this. <laughs> the Ten Lashes yes. of Cody Rhodes. Yeah, the passion of Cody Rhodes. <laughs> this is recency bias. I'm going to admit that right now. 
is maybe one of the best segments of television I've ever seen it was on good. pro wrestling. It was good. Yeah. I and liked it a lot. How everybody played their part. Mm-hmm. When Brandy came out mm-hmm. after the ninth flash yeah. and was talking to him, I started to tear up. Like, I yeah. got emotional. I was like, wait, why am I feeling feelings this deep? And yeah. it was because of the way everything else was sold. Brandy, Cody's wife. I would do this. I can do this. You got it. You got one more. the chest first of all cody great storyteller tells tells the full story how he sells everything yeah. the time that they took it was as long as it needed to be like yes. take your time don't yeah. do it fast yeah and it was like great the way they built it up at first where it's like first you have like all the asshole heels coming out like hey let's go watch the boss get whipped right now guys ah, ha, ha. Like, yeah. and they're just all kind of hanging out on the ramp and then you see dustin come out and it's like oh oh my gosh, wow, everybody back there is like really affected by this and they really want this to stop. Yeah. And then you see and his saying, friends come out. And saying, out. hit me instead. Yeah, he's like, I'll take the last five, just give it to me. I'm like, oh, this is like really, really good work. Like, yeah. He wants him to quit because yeah. he doesn't want to have to wrestle him, mm-hmm. that he's afraid. Yes. How upset he was when they went through with it, when he hit him the 10th time. Yeah. Was I, that was so great? It was yeah. so perfectly played off. Classic nut shot to run away to. Oh, uh, so, so good! I like. I love Wardlow running behind him. Too. Yeah, <laughs> the two of them running through the crowd. <laughs> Wardlow's Wardlow could run. Yeah, and then that asshole who tried to, I think, legitimately jump him. But maybe that's like because I'm not sure if that was legitimate. Where like some guy like they cut away from it, but like somebody was trying to tackle MJF in, from the crowd. Oh, and I'm. I choose to believe that it's because that person was legitimately angry that he just tortured a man in front of him. Possible. So, like, I, I think that that's a sign of a good heel, but seriously, don't touch the performers, guys. Just <laughs> yeah. sit in your seats and be angry like you're supposed to. Here's a good a good rule of thumb. If you're in the audience, you're not in the show. Yes. Yeah, unless, like, and if it, like, they address you and look right in your face and yell at you, just react. Just yeah. give them the reaction that's and just, it. like, cry or laugh or whatever. You, we get it. Nobody talks to you that way. Yeah. Just, it's fine. Yeah. You'll live. <laughs> For real. It'll feel much worse if you do anything. <laughs> do not try this at home. Do or not in try this at home or right here, anywhere. Or really. anywhere. They should just say, don't try this. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Is this where we're going to have the conversation about consent and how important <laughs> it is? Yeah. Because that is another situation Seriously. where you must have consent to be part of it. They are performers who have mm-hmm. consent to hit each other with belts yes. and rip each other's teeth out. Jeez, a little all right, that's it. I can't anymore. We're done. We're done here. We're done with the eye patches. We're done with the belt lashes. We're done with the teeth. Done with gross out radio. Look, if you have any thoughts on all this, don't touch anybody, but do connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram via the links in our show notes and tell us how you're feeling. Share your feelings. Let's share our wrestle feelings with each other. We'll be back after this with some things from the wrestling world that you should know about. This is Tyson Fitz. Welcome back to Fireside Chat on KMAX. With me in studio to take your calls is the dopest duo on the West Coast, Oliver Wong and Morgan Rhodes. Go ahead, caller. Hey, uh, I'm looking for a music podcast that's insightful and thoughtful, but like also helps me discover artists and albums that I've never heard of. Yeah, man, sounds like you need to listen to Heat Rocks. Every week, myself and I'm Morgan Rhodes, and my co-host here, Oliver Wong, talk to influential guests about a canonical album that has changed their lives. Guests like Moby, Open Mike Eagle, talk about albums by Prince, Joni Mitchell, and so much more. 
Yo, what's that show called again? Hate Rocks Deep Dives into Hot Records. Every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by Julian Burrell. This week, we want to end the show by sharing some of the joy of wrestling with you. This is the two count. Julian, my friend, mm-hmm. bench press master of the Inland <laughs> Empire. Oh, I'm out of the Inland Empire. I'm in LA County. Don't worry. I'm not quite that crazy that I would try to keep this job. You still have the job. title. <laughs> yeah, right. I just ran away from the city with it and just and held on to it. Sort of like how that uh, that uh, tornado was going to hit Alabama yeah. with a hurricane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I threw it in the fridge afterwards and chugged some water like you do yeah. when you run away with a championship. Okay, so what I'm going to put over, I have, in the spirit of Danielle Radford, I have a couple things. First yeah. off, Daniel Bryan was wearing a Frank Turner jacket. And Frank Turner is a very great musician who everybody should go check out his music if you haven't. And uh, Frank gave him a little shout out. And Frank also has a a music video where he wrestled CM Punk um, a number of years ago. And this was after Punk left WWE, but it was still pretty hilarious that this was the last time until recently that Punk got in a wrestling ring. So there you go. So that was uh, so that's really great. Go check that out. The other thing, if you're like me. And we're just wondering, how on earth does somebody go from being told you will never be able to wrestle ever again to get on in the ring and wrestle for 20 minutes and then take a chair the next night after you take a cutter and is still able to walk the next day? There's a really great video on YouTube that this doctor who's in, I believe he's an orthopedic surgeon. I am going to look up his information right now. Probably should have done that. Can you tell that I don't do this often? Um, <laughs> it's not easy when you're in here. For real. In I can't the hot just... box. <laughs> The sweat's pulling on your forehead. Dr. Chris Rayner on YouTube, Mm -hmm. uh, he explains what surgery Edge got to relieve the pressure on his spine and have him go out there and wrestle. Given the problems that Edge was experiencing prior to his retirement, a likely surgery would have been an extension of his fusion to the levels above and below his previous fusion. That means extending the fusion to the C4 level above and the T1 or top thoracic level down below. This would improve the stability of the spine and decrease the irritation and symptoms of the involved levels. Really fascinating medical stuff. And just remember, Edge, I think, was being very sincere in his speech last week where he said, I don't know how long this is going to last. I know he signed a three-year deal, but... If like if we've learned anything, it's that it can end in an instant. So let's just all appreciate that Edge is here and appreciate every single match. Even if you don't care for the story, just appreciate that you get to see him wrestle again because this is kind of a modern miracle of medicine that we get to see it happen nine years after he was told you will never do this again. So that's what I want to put over. Yeah, I forgot how much I missed him. Yeah. I really did. Fantastic worker. I want to put over Dr. Britt Baker, DDS. Speaking of doctors. Yeah. Uh, she'll rip your teeth out in the ring. Mm-hmm. And then charge you more to put it back in. Is that <laughs> is that the thing? Uh, I've appreciated her her dressing down Tony Schiavone. Yes, and I just want to play. I, I know she's g- learning mm-hmm. and trying to get better, but I appreciate some. Here are a couple zingers from last week. Yeah, that I appreciate. I just wanted to throw out there. Thanks, Jr. Britt, I I hope you weren't offended and upset. Doctor, it's Doctor Britt Baker, Tony. No, offend me? No, you didn't offend me. 
After last week, you and I are a dream team. We were the stars of the show. We were actually trending worldwide. Well, no, I was trending worldwide, but you held the microphone, Mr. Starbucks. Starbucks barista, Tony Schiavone. Well, there you have it. That does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Julian Burrell along with me, Hal Lublin. I will be at Pensacon in three weeks' time. Talking to wrestlers? I am going to be talking to, I believe, Gangrel. And also, I think maybe Butterbean. I'm doing a Q&A with Butterbean. But I will be there signing, doing panels. Uh, Come to Pensacon if you are in the area. It It is legitimately one of the best cons uh, that I go to. Personal highlight for me every year. One of these days I'm going to get best. all of us there. Yeah. The Tights and Fights panel. That's right. Days. Mike, are you listening? Ooh, we'll all yeah, come and do it. We'll do fun. a live Tights and Fights. You can even have, if you want, one of the wrestlers can do it with us. Yeah. I'm just spitballing here. One of these we days, can do it. Are you listening, Pensacon? Let's make it happen. I know, I know Mike is listening. Uh, just <laughs> letting you know, it's on the table if you want it. Listen to We Got This with Mark and Hal. And uh, Good Morning Night Vale, my other two podcasts. And book me on Cameo. Oh, I was recently in a in an article yeah. in the Philadelphia Inquirer, which is my hometown paper. Mm-hmm. They did an article about uh, Philadelphia celebrities who are on Cameo. Yeah. <laughs> and I was I was an honorable mention. I was the last name oh, in the no, whole article. No. But the fact <laughs> that I was in an, in an article about Philadelphia celebrities Ooh, in yeah. my hometown paper you should frame it. made me tear up. Aww. I was so excited That's to be great. mentioned. Even though it says from Montgomery County, which is true, that's where that's where my family lives now. But I was born and raised for the first half of my life in the Northeast. So. Are they, are they going to put up your statue right next to Rockies? I hope so. I'll That'd just be, be hanging under the back <laughs> of it like, like Yoda. <laughs> mm, mm, yes, punch the beef. <laughs> anyway, our producer is looking forward to getting back to producing. That's Julian Burrell. Hi, uh, and and shout out to Chewy. Thank you. Who's out there working the boot? Chewy, say hi. Hello. There it is. <laughs> Yay. This... Oh, but wait, for me, I got to pl- I gotta plug things too. Oh, we have cool what do you get plug? What uh, you... So <laughs> one of the other shows that I edit here at Maximum Fun is called Go Fact Yourself. In a couple of weeks, if you go to gofactyourpod.com for information about future shows, you might see a certain person co- who's in this booth and is not me. Revealed to be a guest on that That's show. That's right. It's already out on Twitter. It, oh, okay, good. But it's going to be great. You guys can yeah. go to the Angel City Brewery. Find the date. Find every, Look at uh, gofactorpod.com. Find the tickets. It, tickets are free. Uh, Angel City is a really great place to be, Wait. and the show is super, super fun. Did you do the research for the questions? No. Okay. I don't. Do you know what the topics are that no, I gave No, I don't. Them? I just edit that show. Should I not say? No. I'll tell you off air. I'll tell you fair because okay, it could cool. be one of three things. And I think you'll find it interesting, but I'm very excited to It'll do be it. Great. It's it is a really, fantastic. really fun. Yeah, if you haven't listened yeah. to it, it's a really fun panel style quiz show with mm-hmm. um, with celebrity guests who each have an area that they believe they know really well. Yeah. And they're tested. I listened to the one about uh, where one of the guests loved mm-hmm. improv, and the questions yes. were about the groundlings, the yes. formation. And I knew all the answers. Yeah. They I did had the Phyllis same Katz thing. there. It was yeah. so cool. And, and Lorraine Newman's sister, whose name escapes me, was a very yeah. well established writer. Yeah, Adam Conover was um, his expertise was the Super Mario video games, and I was like, I know these, I know these. Let me in. Phone a friend. Phone the editor. But it's great. It's so much fun. I love games like that. Um, shows like that where you where you follow along and answer the questions. And Jay Keith and Helen are both fantastic. Fantastic. Hosts. Yes. 
Yes, and also if you want to hear more about video games, college football, uh, maybe a little bit of wrestling, but not nearly as much, follow me on uh, Twitter at Julian underscore Burrell. That's right. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Links to all of those are in our show notes. And if you love what we do, remember to hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts and share us with all your friends. Thank you so much to the Max Fund members who make this show possible. Buy one of our t-shirts. Tapatico was tweeting yeah. about our shirt today, and I tweeted back. Boy, I would love to have one of those. <laughs> hint, hint, send me one. Uh, but you can go get them. t-shirt company over there. Yeah. <laughs> you keep asking for merch, I bet. And now we have it. There's it. no reason not go to get, get it. get it, guys. It's great. I love go. that shirt. Come on, for goodness sakes. And uh, Max Fun Drive coming soon. Ooh, we got some good stuff. So, uh, so uh, another very special thank you to all the members who have a portion of their monthly recurring contribution. Keep the lights on while we are here. There is an opportunity for all of you to get on board. There's going to be gifts. There's going to be fun. It's going to be crazy. Stay tuned. Watch this space and listen to it because that's easier than watching it. We'll be back next week for even more, you guessed it, wrestling. Eyes and Bites Podcast. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported